everybody. Welcome back to Simply Soccer. I'm Michelle Hooting, your host, and my co-host, Christian Conway. Hello, and uh, greetings from the president of the Roosevelt Fan Club. Uh, snacks are on the table, drinks are in the cooler. Yes, and we need drinks, cold drinks, because it is 90 degrees in the room that I am coming at you from. <laughs> but uh, So if you guys hear like a small little gentle humming in the background, that is um, not ASMR. It is a uh, fan to keep me cool. So we really should consider uh, doing an AS ASMR episode. I think. We can, we Maybe. can. Well, I was uh, thinking of uh, recording this episode in my bathtub, but then I'd have to charge. The content. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but really thank you guys so much for being here, for listening to us. I know that we've kind of been on a bit of a break. Um, obviously the world is in a revolution. So in more ways than one, um, so, with that said, I'm happy to be back to be able to talk soccer. Soccer is back. We have we have so much to talk about. Yes. Yes, yes. And uh, NWSL is going to be the first American sport to kick off play. Right and early on Saturday morning, uh, North Carolina Courage versus the Portland Thorns. Um, it's, it's going to be a great uh, kind of appetizer for what will be a great month of, of, of soccer, both between NWSL and MLS. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm really excited and I'm, I'm glad that, at, you know, compared to other women's leagues in the world, like for example, the F, uh, the FAWSL or whatever the English league is, um, being canceled in favor of just resuming the Premier League. Like it's, it's a good statement from American soccer that, you know, we value the NWSL at a level that, you know, it, it's, it's meant to be valued. Absolutely, absolutely, especially in, in these times when, and we'll, don't worry, listeners, have our MLS LA Galaxy-centered talk and episode. Yeah, we're doing, uh, we're doing NWSL days. episodes and MLS episodes. So. Yeah, so this is the NWSL one, uh, well, specifically women's soccer, because we are going to talk about the 2023 Women's World Cup that Australia and New Zealand joint bid on. Yeah, it's, um, I'm excited. That's It's a... It's a it was interesting because, you know, for a long time before kind of when the bids started to get announced and when we started to kind of get, you know, the the the, the bids that clearly weren't going to be sustainable out. And it was clear that it was going to be Colombia and then Australia and New Zealand um, to a lesser extent Japan, although Japan, I think, would have been a uh, a difficult winner because of the uh, Olympics. Yeah, the, the, they're, they're hosting the Olympics and then I believe they're hosting um one other major event, I, I want to say they're hosting the uh, the Rugby World Cup. Um, and so I think kind of their their bid was built around, well, we're hosting a lot of events, might as well just have another one. Um, <laughs> and so I don't think it, it they, they definitely were going to have a problem um, winning it. But, um, you know, I, I, but a lot of the news last night, that, so in the early part of the bidding kind of cycle, a lot of people saw Australia versus Colombia and basically said, oh, this is, this is going to be a landslide. But um, a lot of news that came out last night really put that into question. Um, UEFA indicated that they weren't necessarily going to go the way that everyone expected them to and ended up actually voting in a, in a block for um, uh, the Columbia bid kind of to under the pretense that, well, you know, we can grow the game in, you know, in Colombia and in South America where, you know, the women's game hasn't or has struggled mightily um, outside of, you know, like Brazil. Um, but... In the end, I think you know just from a from all the all the perspectives that you have to look at a World Cup bid, logistics, stadiums, etc. Australia's bid was just much 
you know, much stronger, much more, much more thought out. You know, for example, Columbia's bid wouldn't have even met the seating requirement for the world uh, for the women's World Cup final. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it was kind of it was pretty much a foregone conclusion. Yes, and uh, I watched the interview of uh, two former NWSL players, uh, Steph Catley and uh, Rebecca Stott. And uh, Steph played, now she plays for the Matildas, but she used to play for, and I had written it down. Oh, well, there go my notes. Uh, (laughs) I want to say the, oh no, because Sky Blue FC was Rebecca Stott. So they interviewed these ladies just to say, you know, what does this mean for women's soccer and and that's what the development of it is kind of we're always look at you know um we've been fortunate enough that the u.s women have been leaders in that way you know and they said that they didn't have any women you know to look up to growing up it just wasn't a thing so now that they can play on home soil you know pr- proves how far women's soccer has has come along specifically in australia and new zealand so um it's a really really fantastic thing and and it's really wonderful to see the development um, and the future of of the game, and it leads into how this um, Challenge Cup is going to reflect the future of U.S. Women's National Team. Yeah, and and, and one kind of minor thing on the Columbia bit, and and I know mm-hmm. I I think you know before long the Women's World Cup will have to go to South America. I just feel. Um, you know, with I think the problem that FIFA ran into in France was that there was a general lack of on the ground excitement for the Women's World Cup. And having been there, it really did feel like the people visiting for the Women's World Cup brought the excitement to France, not France itself really generating that kind of excitement. And with this Australia, New Zealand bid, I mean, 800,000 people in Australia, New Zealand signed on the, to like this, the, the petition that they sent to FIFA. That's, and that's three years in advance, you know, like th- there was a legitimate excitement in Australia, New Zealand for a World Cup. And that's, I think going to, really raise the profile of the Women's World Cup that, you know, the host nation is intensely, you know, invested in this. And that's important. And, you know, I, I think that's going to be a very, you know, amazing thing for, for the game. And, um, I, I, and I can't imagine, you know, the Australian or New Zealand players just being able to sit down. They've got to be so excited right now just to, to know that you're going to play in front of, you know, 70,000 people and on your home soil. has got to be just an absolutely incredible emotion to experience. I'm very I'm very excited for it. I'm I'm definitely excited for it, and and what more than soccer? I know 2023 seems so far off, and you know we don't even know what's going to happen next week, let alone what's going to happen in in three years. But but this is that glimmer of hope that I think we all need at this time, which is what sports always kind of does for us, specifically soccer in our case. I mean, why we even got together and started doing this, you know. So, um, but I. I wanted to emphasize the the teams that um, the two ladies I mentioned played for because they're the teams that in NWSL, when you think of the league, like, you know, you know, uh, the Portland Thorns, you know, Orlando Proud, you know, Rain FC, you know, Sky Blue FC. So it's amazing to me that now they also get to carry on and and take it home to their home countries. Also, one of the greatest national team nicknames of all time, the Matildas. Just awesome. I I know, right? (laughs) Wait, we don't. The problem is that we can't really get a cool nickname for like the United States women's national team or the United States men's national team. There just isn't really like, you know, like there's like <laughs> throughout the world, like, you know, Albania's the Eagles and like, you know, uh, you know, England, the three lions and stuff like that. We don't really mm-hmm. have something for the U S national teams. Yeah. Of, I think like 
the the Chinese women's national team, their name or their nickname translates out to like the Iron Roses. Like super oh, cool. That is dope. <laughs> it is. Um all right. Well, NWSL Challenge Cup gonna be in Utah. Um and it has a, and has a better name than the MLS tournament, mind you. I have, yeah, and we'll get into that. Um but, uh next, stay tuned, guys. Um so, you know, obviously this is the first American team sport that's returning, you know, amid the coronavirus pandemic. Um, there's eight league teams right now. There were supposed to be nine. Uh, yeah. Um, and then what a what a situation this Orlando Pride thing has has become now with the news today that uh, the tests might have been false positives. And, you know, well, it, can it, they get back in it? Um, apparently they will not be able to participate because of issues. Uh, they just released a statement, uh, on Thursday, Orlando pride received test results for the second round of COVID-19 testing from, uh, for the players, uh, for the team's players and staff, which indicated inconsistencies from previous tests. The club will conduct a third round of testing as soon as possible in order to come to the, to conclusive results for all members of the team, both staff and players. Uh, the club will provide a further update once all necessary testing is completed. I think the, the, the protocol that they're using or you know, whatever, however they're conducting these tests, et cetera, is, mm-hmm. is still preventing them from attending the tournament just simply because of the risk involved. And, and, and the, and the fact that they were false positives is an indicator that, you know, their process is not, you know, secure enough to ensure the safety of, of the bubble in Utah, so to speak. Right. Well, I mean, it also just kind of tells you how, how quickly, how soon things are, um, and how much we still don't really know about yeah, I mean, the testing is, and the virus, and yeah, it is very much a, a, a quickly changing situation. That can, it, I think that's you know we're all excited for this tournament and et cetera, but we do have to remember that you know this could this this is a very delicate operation. It, it absolutely is, and it, it's amazing to me. Like you know, you have La Liga, you have EPL, you have. Um, Bundesliga who are able to play uh, you know regardless of gender so I think that we can make this happen and I'm yeah. ready to break in a song we can make it happen no I'm kidding <laughs> so uh, the biggest headlines have to be who isn't playing so our big name stars are Megan Rapino for OL Reigns which by the way OL because they're undergoing rebranding uh, Tobin Heath of the Portland Thorns, Utah Royals, Kristen Press, Carly Lloyd, and Mallory Pugh of Sky Blue FC due to injury and other concerns. So the only positive out of this would be that it's an opportunity to look at the future, the young players who, without these names, are going to be able to take the pitch. I also think it's a, it's a good, you know, NWSL relies so heavily upon the U.S. Women's National Team stars to kind of sell the league. I think this is a really good chance for the NWSL to sell the league as it should be sold, which is that there are other incredibly talented players from around the world in this league that are deserving of of praise and 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 spotlight. And I think that's this is going to be a good chance for the American Soccer Public to get a couple new names in the in the the Rolodex. All right. So rundown of the schedule. So we got morning games. We're gonna, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's they have to do it in order to 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 avoid like the heat and and so on. You know, it's still Utah in the middle of the summer. If you've ever been to Utah in the middle of the summer, it's hot. Um, 
but yeah um and also they, i think they can also get away with it too because they do have the run of tv schedules so to speak there's nothing else that's really competing with them so they can um you know i think i think they time their, their timing in terms of the schedule is very smart because it does kind of ensure that the most eyes throughout the nation will be on them uh, at any given time so how can we watch? Um, so the first match will be on Saturday at 9 o'clock in the morning. That will be, or 9 o'clock West Coast time, 12 o'clock East Coast time. Um, that'll be uh, North Carolina Courage versus Portland Thorns. Uh, that's going to be on CBS. Um, oh. Yeah, so they'll be on, the first game will be on national TV, and as nice. well as the final will be on national TV. Um, and then the rest of the games will be streamed on um, CBS All Access, which is their online streaming platform. However, all games will also re-air on CBS Sports Network, which is available on uh, a large amount of cable packages. Um, if you are outside the United States and Canada, or if you have a VPN that says you're outside of the United States and Canada, the games will also be streamed on Twitch as well. So there's a couple of options. Uh, if you don't want to pay for CBS All Access and you want to get a little tricky, uh, you can definitely figure out a way to get them on Twitch, or if you you know want to watch them on on a on a TV TV, then uh, I guess you're gonna have yeah. Then CBS Sports Network when they re-air will be your Will be your uh, your go. I'll have to see if I can get me another CBS free trial. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> well, everyone's going to have about seven different right. emails by the time this month is done. <laughs> uh, as they should. No. Um, but look, if you guys can afford it, obviously pay. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm super thrilled. I'm super excited. Um, the North Carolina Courage are the dominating team. They've got their back-to-back NWSL champions. Um, you know, they're the ones to, to look out for in this, in this tournament, don't you think? Yeah. And I mean, they returned a roster that was already incredibly impressive and, you know, they got healthier and that's, you know, they're loaded at every position. I mean, you know, yeah, they have depth that the other teams don't. Yeah. They're, they're too deep at every position and, you know, they can, they can hurt you in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, there there were a little bit of correction at the end of the last season. I'm going to attribute that to just you know fatigue. Um, they played a lot of they played a lot of soccer last year, um, so you know I, I think fully rested. You know, it they're going to be probably in terms of you know who's the team to beat. I think North Carolina is probably you could firmly say the team to beat. But you know, mm-hmm. it's I, I I will also preface this by saying this is a World Cup style tournament. Weird things happen in these tournaments, so. You know, I, it's a, it's about minimizing, you know, it's, it's about minimizing randomness. And I think North Carolina just has the players that they can really do a good job of, of, of minimizing that randomness. Mm. So the next team in line would be the Chicago Stars. Yeah. And I mean, the Chicago Stars have arguably and arguably the most, I'm not going to say best, but I'm going to say the most important player in the United States women's national team, and indeed probably the most important player to a team in Julie Ertz. I mean, just a, a, an absolute titan in the center of midfield, can really do everything. Um, and, and I've actually been very impressed in, in, uh, uh, at the facet of the game that Julie Ertz has added most um, in recent years, and which is her passing vision has actually gotten a lot better, um, which I didn't think was possible. Um, but I was, <laughs> I was watching some, some highlights uh, last night, and I was just, I, you know, I'd watch this crazy pass and be like, oh, we pulled that off in the Chicago midfield. And I was like, oh, it's Julie Ertz. Like, you know, holy hell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, the problem with Chicago right now is who's going to score goals. They lost Sam Kerr, who was a one-woman wrecking machine in terms of goal scoring in this in, in the league. And, you know, 
outside of that, they they don't have a lot of goal scoring ability. They there's also been a lot of transition in the Chicago Red Stars organization. There's a lot of new players in. It's a question of you know can they can they get all that to gel and also can they have a player you know they only had one other player that scored more than three goals last season and you know it was Sam Kerr and then you know it was no one else so they're they're going to need goal scoring but they've got a really strong spine of the team defensively they're very solid you know Casey Short's a fantastic defender um, Alyssa Nair's an amazing goalkeeper we all saw that um, mm-hmm. you know Tierna Davidson is is you know I'm I'm very excited for her future it, it, it's just a question of can they get goal scoring and you know it, they've, they've brought in some people you know they brought in Yuki Nagasato, Nagasato you know to to kind of help convince that midfield to start you know getting you know to maybe get some goals out of the midfield to help take some pressure off the forwards but they're they're going to need goal scoring uh, it, it's you know it's kind of like with the Galaxy replacing Zlatan Ibrahimovic you know it, it's great while you have that type, type of player that just scores goals for fun but replacing it is really difficult Oh, absolutely. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, you you nailed it. That's exactly what I was going to say. Tierna Davidson's the youngster to watch out for. Uh, obviously, we know our beloved keeper, um, of course, Julie Ertz. And uh, yeah, it's uh, and Morgan Bryan in the mid there. So um, I, I definitely think it's going to be a really wonderful challenge. But then, of course, um, you have the Portland Thorns. Um, yeah, the Thorns obviously are always always going to be something to talk about. Um, unfortunately, they also just lost Adriana French, uh, their, their star goalkeeper, to a knee injury. Um, uh. But, so that's that's going to be a bit of a concern. Um, but, you know, they, they're they fairly confident about their depth at, at goalkeeper. Uh, Mark Parsons was was kind of beating the drum on that over the past two days. Um, they made a pretty big trade to bring in Becky Sauerbrunn, um, which I think is a very, very smart move considering how good Becky Sauerbrunn is. Um mm-hmm. Uh, and and her and and Mengs in in Mengs in the uh, sorry Mengs in the in the center of defense that pairing is going to be critical for their success. Uh, not having Tobin Heath is a pretty big loss, but they've got you know Lindsey Horan who you know can single handedly take over a game. They also have the all time leading goal scorer internationally, Christine Sinclair, who even at thirty eight is still getting it done. So you know the Thorns are, are are loaded at every position. I think there's some questions about this team. Um, but you know, again, you can't, they're a well run, well respected club. You really can't take mm-hmm. your eye off them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, another favorite, uh, Washington spirit, the Washington spirit, I think are the dark horse in this, um, mm-hmm. in this competition. And I only say that because uh, Rose Levin will be there, right? I was gonna say it allows me to spend the next ten minutes talking about my favorite player ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's get let's get the other stuff out of the way. They had the the the, the goalkeeper MVP in Audrey Bledsoe last year. That's pretty good to have in the back. Um, they were only four points off the pl- last playoff spot. They didn't have a great start to the season. I think is the problem there. Um, but they were unstoppable near the end. Um, they score goals. They're solid defensively, and they also have one of the most incredible visionary midfielders I've ever seen in Rose Lavelle. I think she's. I've I've long opined about her on this podcast before, but I'll say it again. I think she can do everything and anything. I think she's going to win the Golden Ball at the next four World Cups, and I'm fairly confident in that. She's a goal scorer, but she's she's a bit Andres Iniesta like in the way that she can see a pass before anyone else can see it. Um, and and I know that's a, a very big conversation, but the only other player that right. I've really seen that has that skill set is Andres Iniesta. Um, yeah. She she's I mean. It, She's probably the best player in women's soccer right now that's competing in this tournament. And yeah, 
I, I don't think anyone's going to disagree because of what we saw from her in the World Cup. She was the spark. She was the game changer. If she doesn't play in those last two games against England and the Netherlands, I strongly think we struggle in, yeah. in terms of in the England game, especially. I mm-hmm. mean, she was so critical to relieving pressure. And I mean, she the, that Meg she pulled in like the first 10 minutes of that game against England was just pure sauce. Um, yeah, no, I, I think she's she's critical to what you know, the U.S. Women's National Team wants to do, and she's critical to what the Washington spirit wants to do. And I think she's she's finally able, she's finally healthy consistently. She's finally had some time to rest, get, you know, get some, some mileage off those legs. I, I think she's going to be primed for a very, very big tournament. And I think that if if she has a big tournament, I'd watch out for Washington. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the dark horse, they'll be coming in. Um, they also have uh, two 2019 Rookie of the Year nominees. Sam Stab and Jordan DeBiase. That, that doesn't hurt to have. However, right. <laughs> the, the second season, a lot of that, it, just because they got rookie of the year does not mean the second season's going to go well. So then keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, keep that. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, next up on our list is the OL Reign. Um, just recently Without acquired. Megan Rapinoe. <laughs> yeah. Just recently acquired by Olympic de Lyon. Um, the, 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 of course, the powerhouses in the French Women's League. Um, they le- It's been a, a two or three years of, of turmoil for the, on- uh, for the Ontario rain. Sorry, my age-old brain just kicked in there. Um, All right. <laughs> for, the, for the rain. Um, it's been a long time without goals hockey. Okay, sorry. I know, uh, right? But, you know, last season they, they limped their way into the playoffs quite literally. They had 11 starters injured, a couple of them with season-ending injuries. They push the North Carolina courage to extra time in, in, in the playoffs. Um, and, and kind of, they lose four one, but you know, three goals scored in extra time and watching that game, it really looks like it was just, you know, the rain basically said, I, I, I we have nothing left. <laughs> like we were running on fumes here. Um, they're talented in every position. I mean, you know, you talk about, of course, Alana cook, she's a fantastic defender. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you can point to each individual position and say that's a really high class player. Ali I was gonna Long. say this this does have depth and and they do have like some star names. Yeah, I think you know they're definitely in that conversation. The way I look at this tournament is there's four teams that I think. Well, there's one team that is in the conversation of champions elect. I think there's three teams that are in the conversation of they could pull this out. Then there's a dark horse in, in Washington. Then there's a couple of teams that I'm like oh, I don't know what this is gonna be like. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, but they—I'm looking at about goal scoring, You know, yeah. yeah that's exactly the, that's what they got on on this. I think I think that they're pretty formidable, actually. Yeah, it, you know, they're they're definitely a, a popular pick if you're not going to take the North Carolina Courage to win this. Yeah. They're, and you can definitely make the argument that they they can do this. I mean, just Fishlock, a fantastic midfielder. They've got goal scoring in Sofia Huerta, who's you know who is proven you know to be good. Bethany Balser was a fantastic rookie revelation last year. Mm-hmm. You know, is she going to continue that form again? That you know, that, that is an open question. But again, this is also a weird situation. So you know, I think we can really throw any kind of you know normal understanding of things out the window just because this is a weird situation. Obviously, Ali right. Long, well, Ali and Long it's soccer, so player. it's it's always it's always anybody's game, especially in a tournament like this, especially when it is kind of World Cup style. It's it's literally anybody's game. Yeah. So I think, I mean, the rain are going to be tough, and and you know. That that's that's a good team, and and, and I think uh, you know anyone that's going to take them lightly is 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 in for a, a rough time. 
So Utah Royals. Uh, the the hosts of this tournament. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, there will be no fans. Um, yeah, there's parts of this team I really like. There's parts of this team I don't really like. Um, goalkeeping, Nicole Barnhart's a good goalkeeper. Defense-wise, Kelly O'Hara, of course, you know, World mm-hmm. Cup winner. Um, you know, Vera Boquete really hurt the United States when we played Spain in the World Cup. Um, Desiree Scott, um, she's had a fantastic career with the Canadian national team. They brought in Amanita Diallo from uh, Paris Saint-Germain in, um, in, in France. Um, Amy Rodriguez, the, the, the problem is Kristen Press not playing is going to hurt their goal scoring. I mean, Amy Rodriguez has really had a rough go of it in the past two years, especially kind of being in Kristen Press's shadow. Now that's not her fault entirely. Kristen Press has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, goal scoring is going to be, again, a question for this team. Um, and I, I think center back as well is a, is a, is a decent question, um, even though even though Rachel Corsi is a good player. Um, yeah, this is again, a veteran lineup, um, yeah. you know. But, again, you know, they do have younger players too, uh, Vincent and Ship and King. Um, the one thing about this team is, though, I think that, you know, they they were very close to bringing in Sarah Buhadi, who was the goalkeeper of the French national team, and Jennifer Marjan, who was, you know, the, the star of the German national team. They were very close to getting deals done for them, uh, even to the extent that Sarah Buhadi had posted a, a video goodbye to Lyon. Um, and then, you know, if any team suffered the most from COVID-19, in hindsight, probably the pride suffered the most from COVID-19. But if any, well, team, sure. <laughs> if any team suffered from the global effect of COVID-19, it's probably Utah. Because they, you know, they had these two fantastic players lined up, ready to go. And then COVID hits and both players reconsider and both players resign with Leon. Like, and so I think this roster almost feels a little incomplete because they were counting on something that just never came through. So I, I do feel some, some level of, of sympathy for, for Utah. But, you know, I think they're going to be, I don't, I don't think anyone's picking them as, as winners of this, but I think they're going to be, they'll be, I think they're going to make a good showing of themselves. Yeah, sounds sounds like it. Um, Houston has had a roster overhaul, so it's kind of hard to see how how high or low the ceiling is for them. Yeah, looking at this this roster distribution, uh, you're only bringing five defenders, but you're bringing eight midfielders and eight forwards. So I think they're bringing back the old uh, the old uh, nineteen or the old eighteen eighties two two five special, where it's just let's score goals. Um, uh, yeah. It, Rachel Daly is a good player. I mean, you know, but there's, there's, there's questions. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of questions. Um, Cece, I'm not exactly sure how to say her last name. Kaiser, Kizer, uh, U.S. Women's National Team under 23 call up. You know, might be the best player on for them as a midfielder. Well, they got Megan Oyster in, in the back, and she she was she was very good at her time in in Seattle, and and I think that's going to help. And and Katie Naughton's also a very good defender. Um, there's just any team that only brings five defenders and then is relying on eight midfielders and eight forwards to, to do the work really has me concerned. Um, that roster distribution just really screams to me. We have, we're, we're, we're going to be the 2017, 2018 LA galaxy where we're just going to outscore you and hope that our defense isn't, can, can stop one. But they have a good goalkeeper, Jane Campbell. So you, they might get that. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, this 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 roster is built like the 2017-2018 LA Galaxy. Damn. <laughs> well, we'll see how they perform. Uh, these ladies actually might actually do better. Um, ah. I say so. <laughs> uh, okay, so going to uh, Sky Blue FC. 
Um, it's hard for me to really tell because, you know, the youngest person on their team is, what, 24 years old? Uh, I mean, Purse. So, or is that Percy? Um, quote-unquote, too old to be a youngster. But, you know, she does have eight goals and assists for the Thorns last season. So, it is looking looking bright from yeah. her end. Yeah. This, this roster, yeah. I, you the Sky Blue took, is worse. Yeah. <laughs> you, you took the words out of my mouth and you said, I'm really... I, have, I I don't know what to make of this roster. And, and I agree 110% because I look at, you know, at positions and I'm like, they've got good players, but they don't have good players. Like, you know, Midge Purse is a, is a good player. You know, they've got Naho Kawasumi. She was, uh, she's a fantastic Japanese national team career. Um, McCall Zerboni, I think was one of, one of the, those players that just barely missed out on the world cup roster. Um, Imani Dorsey is a very good forward. Um, but yeah, there there are there are a lot of questions about this team, and I think it's going to be interesting to see. You know, they they have a new head coach. The thing about Sky Blue is that it was it seemed rudderless for so long at the front office level that like almost the roster didn't matter because it, there just didn't seem to be any kind of vision, any kind of you know plan. And now they have a new GM. They've moved into the Red Bull Arena. There's you know they have a, a competent head coach. It almost feels like this is you know the the plan for last season and this season was let's get the front of house in order before we really start taking a hatchet to this roster and getting all that, you know, the on-field stuff in order. Should we mention what Orlando pride could have been? It makes me angry, but yes, why not? (laughs) (laughs) So that's Um, really thinking. Um, I mean, you know, we, we can't go back. That's why I was like, is there any chance they could play? Because, (laughs) Even you know, with, with all the testing and everything, and everything that's going on down there, but, but I, I really, I really wanted to to see that. But let's let's go there. I mean, this is a really good team. Um, that can't, it's it's the same thing with so the same ownership group as Orlando City, which it's kind of funny that these two organizations mirror each other very similarly. Which is there's a lot of talent here. They just can't seem to get out of their own way <laughs> as a club. Oh, um, dear. <laughs> which is the Orlando City experience. Um, I was going to say. <laughs> obviously, veteran leadership and Alec Krieger and Ashton Harris. Um, uh, a lot of people would argue the greatest player to ever play the game on the women's side in, in, in Marta from Brazil. You know, they've got um, Sydney LaRue, of course, the U.S. Women's National Team veteran. Ashley uh, Zadorski, she's a great defender. They, you know, there's, there's, you know, Alana Kennedy, of course, um, talented defender as well. It, it's just, yeah, you know, this is a club that seems to be cursed to not be able to get out of its own way. Yeah. So, well, oh, well. one other player I forgot to mention for North Carolina, oh. and I can't believe I totally forgot to do it, was Davinia, um, the Brazilian attacking midfielder. She's absolutely fascinatingly amazing, and uh, she's definitely a player that, you know, the, I think if you're a fan that, like, wants to watch a game and, like, doesn't really know how to get in, so you, like, watch one player, and then that's how you kind of get into it, Davinia from North Carolina is definitely going to be a player to watch. It's absolutely incredible. Well, I'm definitely all in, um, not just because I miss soccer, but it's a wonderful opportunity to support um, the women playing and the development in the future. Yeah, it's, This it, is it, the future. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad that they got, they, they were able to come to a conclusion about something. And I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's a World Cup style tournament simply because I think the way that this country responds to like the World Cup and like the excitement of like World Cup style matches is is a is a big you know untapped potential that they, that they can really tap into to get you know casual fans on side. So I'm 
I'm very, very excited for this. Absolutely. So you guys stay tuned. We will be recording um, in two or three days about MLS is back tournament. I was like, <laughs> the MLS is back tournament. Just, just so you guys know, in the first 15 minutes of that, I'm going to clown that name so hard. So when that comes out, if you don't want to listen to that, just get 15 minutes in. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, you know, uh, the other podcasts have have uh, deemed other names for it. Uh, LA's our house called it Copa Rona. So. Like there you go. Uh, <laughs> so I also want to just shout out uh, my soccer sisters at Switch the Pitch. Um, so just stay tuned. You guys, um, there's also going to be coverage coming from the ladies that, that gave me the foot up and got me into the, into this whole soccer sisterhood. And now have, I've expanded with Christian. So thank you. Yeah, we'll be, uh, we, I think we agreed we're going to be doing, you know, two or three episodes a week, um, Mm -hmm. you know, covering, you know, one episode, one or two episodes covering NWSL, one or two episodes covering MLS so that we don't dilute you know, either tournament's coverage, we actually get down and dirty on both of them in per episode. So yeah. you'll be hearing a lot more of us than before. Yeah, actually, that's what I was going to say. We didn't even do this for the actual World Cup, but we also didn't have, well, we don't have a horse in the race per se here either. But <laughs> in, for the NWSL, I mean, of course, we got a horse in the race in the MLS's backup, of course. LA Galaxy. God, that's the worst name for a tournament ever. I hate it. Uh, I know. It, it, it doesn't even, like, flow Challenge, like, challenge Cup is a great it. name too. Like the Challenge Cup is a great name for a tournament. It's a great name. It is a great name. It's better than the She Believes Cup name. Yeah. Wise. Well, I, so I, I don't. I understand the purpose of the She Believes name, and I get it. And it's important. And yada yada yada. I just think the name's kind of bad. Yeah. Well, I, to be honest with you though, hope that they don't put fake fan voices over. I was actually about to ask you. What was your stance on that? <laughs> so at first it didn't bother me at all. I thought, okay, this is fine. But then they, if they can get it right on the timing, then it's obviously better. But to be honest, I didn't mind the echoing of the stadium. It didn't creep me out as much as I thought it was going to. Um, I mean, let's be honest. We are playing during a pandemic. So, you know, why try to hide it? First of all, if that's even what they're trying to do. And second of all, um, just... Being able to hear the players communicate with each other, I thought that was really a unique way to to take things. You know, I I don't want to mimic the the life before and and this like you know reality. I want give me give me what's going on. Yeah, I agree. Um, I watched I watched two Premier League games with sound. Um, I really like having no sound just because I I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to like I want to hear people talking about tactics and stuff like that. And normally um, can't stand most of the commentating anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, thankfully, thankfully, NBC's Premier League team is, is one of the best in the business with Harlow White. Um, but, you know, like, I I think you're, I agree with you that, like, if it's done well, it actually kind of adds a, a certain level of warmth that I, I like. But, you know, I, I think it depends on who's running it because I, I think I think it's controlled in stadium. By like the respective stadium staff. And I do, but I do have a question. Where is the audience audio coming from? I think it's just pre-recorded stuff that they that you know the stuff <laughs> they have like just kind of. It's like a B-roll. It's like a B-roll of like audio. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Hey Bill, pull out that game from 2006. I need some audio. Um, <laughs> but I, it's, so, it like, is. It's like the laugh tracks now. Yeah. Like, people died in the 50s. Yeah, I think if it's like if it's done well, then I I, I don't mind it. But I, I I think it's more noticeable when it's not done well. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, yeah. Like, well, I mean, like, like you said, like just lower the volume, put it on mute. I'm playing yeah. Animal Crossing while that's going on, you know. Like, 
get my bells, sell my turnips. Um, oh, you know. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be, I, I, this is a great, you know, obviously we, in the context of current world events, this does feel kind of not important, but this is a great opportunity for NWSL to really take a step forward. And I think, I think they've seen it as that, and they've seen it as a, a way to inject themselves in the, in the national conversation. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, not just at the individual club level, but at the, the, the federation and, and, and um, organizational level, they've really said to themselves that we have an opportunity to grab the American eyes by the scruff of the neck and, and really shed some light on a lot of very talented, exciting, fun players. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, thank you so much, guys. Stay tuned. We're coming at you. Um, and remember, uh, the Rose Lavelle Fan Club is open and accepting uh, new applicants every day. I will send you a card in the mail should you want to apply. And then you, you got to come up with a fanzine then, buddy. <laughs> I've got a lot of work to do. I know. Get it. Get it. I mean, what else are we doing right now in quarantine? That's true. <laughs> All right. See ya. Or hear you later, or whatever. Listen later. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you. I want to see you. <laughs>